Welcome to the Marcia Miyake Show, where our mission is to share thought-provoking ideas, practical tools, and tangible strategies to up-level your life, business, and relationships. I'm your host, Marcia Miyake, leadership and emotional intelligence consultant, executive coach, and conscious mama of two. Through solo episodes and interviews with experts in the medical, research, business, and spiritual fields, this show helps you to shift from the illusion that success in one area of your life means failure in another to the understanding that you truly get to have it all. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode, my loves. I'm so excited to share this conversation with the incredible Stephanie Gorton. Steph is an award-winning coach that takes businesses from startup to six figures and beyond and has coached over 500 women to successfully grow their businesses to 10K plus months. There's so much I could say about Steph as a force in the business coaching space, as evident through her client testimonials and multiple features, including Forbes, Yahoo Finance, and Daily Mail, just to name a few. In this episode, Steph shares how she went from self-loathing to the confident and magnetic woman she is today, how she transitioned from the corporate world into entrepreneurship, and her advice on how to develop a CEO mindset common mindset blocks and how to get past them, and the number one skill you need to learn to succeed in any business. So I want to give people a little bit of background, like how we met. First of all, we both live in Perth and it's kind of a small community and we were both invited to a dinner. Was it a month ago? A month ago. And we totally connected. I was like, who is this girl? I had seen you online. Your energy was so beautiful, even cooler in person. And yeah, and we decided we were just going to collaborate together. And so I just know that you have so much value to pour into us today. So I'm super, super excited. Um, So I would love for the audience to hear your background story. Um, and how you got to where you got today. Yeah, cool. Um, totally resonating on that dinner, by the way. It was so interesting. Like, you know, walked in and I was like, oh my God, who is that beautiful human? <laughs> Look at that hair. Stop it. Uh, and so then, um, but then when I heard you speak, I was like, oh, I was captivated by every word that you said. And so it's so rare that you get to meet people in those circumstances. So it was really, really lovely. Um, and I'm so glad that we connected. So my story, uh, I guess, you know, from a young age, like I, I, you know, I was like a, a normal little girl. My parents went bankrupt when we were quite young and, you know, we kind of lost everything, our house, we, you know, our, um, cars, like everything. And, and my parents divorced at the same time. Um, I think the stress just got to them both. My dad had a stroke, um, from the stress. So it was just a whole moment, uh, when I was, when I was quite young. And ever since then, I think, you know, that was happened at around age seven. And we know how impressionable you are like in that phase of your life. I think from then I probably made a decision which would carry me for the next 20 years, uh, which was stay safe, like stay safe. Sorry. Like don't, don't do anything too risky because you could lose it all, you know? And so for years, like 20 odd years, I just did what I thought I should do. So I went to school I went to university. I honestly though I only went to university for six months because I was like, 
this is not for me. <laughs> this is not for me. I'm not a secondary higher education learner. Uh, I packed up, went, you know, traveled around the world for a bit, partied a lot, you know, all those sorts of things. Um, came back and just, you know, kind of worked in retail, kind of worked in retail, worked in a lot of kind of sales roles. Um, really, I guess, developed the skill set of connecting with and talking to people. And you know, I was telling myself all sorts of stories throughout those years of not good enoughness because I was only working in a retail job or not good enoughness because I only earned 45 grand a year or 50 grand a year or whatever it was. And all of the stories about how I never really amount to anything and I haven't really done anything with my life when all of my friends had been to university and they were becoming like physios and doctors and like, I don't know, cool stuff that I thought was like the right thing to do. And I found myself in a really cushy day job, um, you know, when I was about 25 and really well paid, really big international company doing like quite high level, I guess, administration for, for this business. Um, it's, it's Audi, the supermarket company, by the way, just, uh, and so, you know, I was really proud because I didn't really have many qualifications to get there. I, I kind of recruited myself into the role and, uh, and, and I was really proud of it and it paid me so well, but I was so unfulfilled. Like in my heart, I knew this isn't it. And I was chatting with a girlfriend on the beach one day and I was like, babe, this just isn't it, is it? Like, do you feel that or is that just me? And I remember just like mirroring that and being like, there has to be more to life. Like this can't be it. You know, I can't just go out and get another degree and try and work myself up to a slightly better job. Like surely there's more to life than this. And uh, that was when I met my partner, Tim, around that time who I'm getting married to in November this year, which is super cute and so nice. And uh, he owned the gym and he would wake up every single morning at 4 a.m. and he would bounce out of bed, like literally bounce, you know? And he was like so pumped to start his day, so excited to like get in and like do his thing at like 4 a.m. Like who's pumped at 4 a.m.? Like no one is pumped at 4 a.m., you know? And I was like laying in bed, like dreading getting, like getting up to go to work. And I was like, there's something here. Like, I didn't think I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I thought I wanted to find what I was passionate about. And that led me to, in the end, entrepreneurship. Uh, and I've always been passionate about helping women in some way, shape or form. When I first started, I thought it would be through the means of body image because I'd had really bad body dysmorphia most of my life. Um, just mild eating disorders, uh, you know, self-hate, like creme de la creme of self-hate for so many years. And so I thought that that's what the space would be in. But as I healed my my love for my body, um, it ended up not being that. And I ended up just being actually really good at business. And so uh, I found myself now, I'm a business coach, which I could never have told you that that was going to happen five years ago. Wow. I love that. First of all, thank you so much for sharing the the background and just letting us into a little bit of little stuff and her experience. Cause like that's so, that would have been so hard for her to navigate all that. And as you said, like you were around seven when all of this was happening. And so you just didn't have the faculty in your mind to even understand what was happening. And so it's no surprise that you did have some challenges 
um, you know, with, with body image, because that's what we do. We, we innately go to blaming ourselves. We don't want to blame our parents. Our parents are our lifeline. So we blame ourselves. Like it's my fault. I'm wrong. I'm, you know, if, if I were better, none of this would be happening, obviously on a very subconscious level. Um, and I think what was really important in your story too, that I think a lot of people can resonate with if they reflected on their own story is that you immediately went into survival of, I need to do what is going to keep me safe, you know, and I'm so grateful. And I know all your clients are so grateful that you um, were able to get past that safety zone, but a lot of us never do, right? Because it just, it feels safe. And what, what would be on the other side of me going past that? So um, I absolutely love your story and to look at you now and the way that you speak and the way that I know how much your clients, I know a lot of your clients too. I know how much they love and appreciate you. And I know the, the close bond that you have. It's just like, it, it's so heartwarming for me to, and, and so I'm so proud of you to be able to move through that and move through that um, not good enoughness to get to where you are now. And that when someone can see you, they're like, oh my God, she's so successful. She has everything. Um, yeah. And also she's overcome a lot. Like she didn't let all the things that were happening in her mind stop her from going for her dreams. Cause that would have been so scary. Like, I want to hear about that transition. Like when you were like, Tim, you are onto something. I want whatever the fuck you have. Um, what was that like? Oh man. Like guys, it was the worst. <laughs> like, I mean that with like, it's the best thing you'll ever do for yourself, but it was the worst experience. Like, because I'd never done any self-development up until that moment is that being in business or I guess breaking out of what safety looks like for you, regardless of whether that's in business, whether that's going for a new role, whether that's getting into a new relationship, like whatever situation, it's the same self-sabotage that's going to come up, right? Um, And so I'd never done any self-development, which meant that, first of all, (laughs) I always thought I was right. Um, like I, and my whole life had depended on me being right. So I was full of ego, um, but it was all like a house of cards. It was like a mask and it was only just hanging on. Like behind it was just mass loads of insecurity, you know, like I've always been like this, like the way that you, you see me right now, I've always been confident. I've, like I've just, I've just been gifted that in this lifetime. And, and, you know, I'm thankful to my parents. They're both eccentric uh, extroverts. And so, you know, I, I have got that in this lifetime, but that confidence now is real. Before it was not, it was a facade. It was a mask. But when I first stepped into, okay, I think I'm going to start, I had a business before I was a business coach and it was my first business. I'd never been in business before. I'd never done anything before. Like the first thing that Tim said to do was like, A, firstly, like, pick a concept, Um, which was so hard. Like everything, everything was hard. Like picking the concept, picking the name, like the website build took me six months because I did it myself and I didn't even know you could outsource it. Like I didn't even know you could pay somebody to do that. Like I had no idea that was something that you could do. Not that I would have had the money for it anyway. 
And so I did it myself and every single day was a challenge. Every single day was hard because I didn't, I was learning so much new stuff every single day that it was confronting. Like even just applying for my ABN, I was like, how do I do it? I don't know what to do. And I think when you come from being told what to do your whole life from school, in university, then you have jobs, then you have people, like we kind of get to this point where we have like, one of my mentors calls it, um, developmentally arrested being that we stop thinking for ourselves at a certain age in our life because we're just so conditioned to be told what to do by by the people above the governments the teachers the bosses the like the people above right and so I was now learning all this new stuff, which meant that my brain was opening up. And with any kind of new learning, whenever we're creating a new neural pathway in our mind, like all of the doubt comes in about why you shouldn't be doing this. Like your body, your body, everything in your body is screaming. It goes into survival mode. It's screaming, stay safe. What are you doing? This is crazy. Like you shouldn't be doing this. I have never cried more tears than I did in my first six months of business because it was like looking in a mirror for the first time, because I had to confront all those fears and then find out where they came from, why they were there. Did I believe them? Like, and I don't know if anybody who's listening, like if you've been on the self-development journey, like I think when you first start, you just think that you're so messed up. Like you just, you look at, you realize all of your flaws you realize that actually you're not perfect. You take that mask off and you start to see yourself as like that imperfect, flawed human being, which is just normal, by the way. But you'd convinced yourself your whole life that you weren't that so that you could be safe, right? Or for me at least. And so when I first started the self-development journey, I'd realized how selfish I was, how insecure I was, how much fear I was living in, how my confidence was actually completely fake. And it really started to tear down everything I knew about myself or thought or believed to be true. And so it was so confronting. But like you can't go to the gym and build a new muscle without there being pain like or growth or like, you know, commitment or sacrifice of the time, you know, like you can't grow. Like, you know, I now own a multi-million dollar business. I could not have got here if I didn't look in that super confronting mirror and work on the things that were holding me back so I could reach that next level. But that first six months was like so hard. Oh my gosh. I love that you share that though. Like it's so, because honestly, my first six months of business was the same. I was also like, oh, do I have to do this with my ABN? I was like, everything felt like it was too much. Everything just felt too much. And I think that's so important because sometimes when we hear about successful entrepreneurs, they, they tell you like the glossy version or like, yeah, it was, it was like this, I just knew I had to make a change. And from that decision point, it was, and you know what, maybe some people's stories are like that. Um, but I really like that you're showing that it can be really messy in the middle um, because I'm going to guess, I'm just feeling into that there's going to be listeners that are, are in that just jumping into their own business now or trying to make a a switch and thinking that it's supposed to feel good that if it was a truly in alignment for them there they'd be like there'd be no resistance like no that is just your 
programmed response. You've been used to living this way your whole life. Of course, something is going to, something else is going to feel scary and dangerous. And I loved what you were saying about how we have just been taught our whole lives to not think for ourselves. And I really think, and that's why I'm a big advocate of conscious parenting is that begins with our parents. Like most of us would have had parents that just said, shut up. And if we ask, like, because I'm your mom, because I'm your dad, because I said so. And like slowly, but surely you're programming an employee and we, that makes us submissive, docile, good little students. Right. Um, And then good little employees. And so that's really what I wanted to talk to you about today is building a CEO mindset, really stepping out of the box, because that's really what you had to do when you decided to start your business. And then in scaling up your business, I'm assuming that that was like, you know, you were doing like quantum leaps in terms of your personal development and growth. So, and I really want to talk about the mindset of that and Uh, aside from the confidence issues that you had, like body image and that, um, what were some of the key mindset blocks that you had around starting and growing your business? Mm. One that, um, you know, once I kind of like, I was very fortunate. I was, guys, I was super fortunate. And this is why like, I'm now a business coach for people who are starting their businesses. So because like I had Tim, And so I was very fortunate that I had someone who'd been an entrepreneur for eight years. Like he, you know, he just got it. And he was like, he's just a natural coach. Like he's a fitness coach. So he's a natural coach. He also was just really good at business. So I had him every day to bounce off, you know? And I was like, how do people do this without a Tim? (laughs) Like, which is why I kind of got into it because I was like, I could be someone's Tim. (laughs) Uh, And so for me personally, like the thing that surprised me the most was when you know, I would have these things. Tim was like, you need to a talk to somebody else about this because this is going to get like, this is not going to be good for our relationship. Like we need to draw some, some lines in the sand. He can't be my psychologist and my fitness coach and my business coach and my partner, you know, like we have to put some really nice like lines in the sand here. And so he recommended that I go and get an NLP coach. And uh, we did a bit of NLP, if you don't know what NLP is, guys, it's uh, neuro-linguistic programming. Um, and so it's really like kind of a life coach effectively that I, I hired at this point. And what the first thing that shocked me that came up, because I didn't know this to be true until it came up, was a massive fear of success. And I think people think that they're scared of failing. Everyone thinks that they're going to be like that they're going to fail. And that's what they're scared of. And I thought that too. Until the words that were coming out of my mouth were telling a different story. So I was saying, I was thinking things like in my deepest, 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 like darkest fears, the biggest things I was scared of were like, what will people think of me if I'm to do, if I'm to take up all this space, first of all? like online, especially like if you're just starting a business, you know what I mean? Like you've got friends and family watching. It's pretty much the only people that are watching you. Who am I to be doing this stuff, right? First of all, when I started earning money, like especially when I started earning decent money, all my belief systems around money and success came up that I will change, that I will become cruel, that I will become uh a rich bitch, that I will not be able to connect with people anymore, that 
um, like I just had all these stories come up. And then when I had to step into leadership, like I was in leadership quite early, even before I had a team, like I've got, I've always had teams um, from quite early on because my businesses grew quite quickly. But, but even before I had teams in leadership, the fact that I was a woman guiding other women, that made me a leader, right? And so the thing that came up with leadership was like, um, I don't want to be a leader. And when I dug around into why I didn't want to be a leader is because I thought leadership was Donald Trump. I thought leadership was Scott Morrison. I thought leadership was crazy, white, angry men making manipulative, gross decisions over other people's lives that they don't get a say in. I thought of every boss I've ever had that I've hated. I thought of every politician I've ever hated. I thought of my dad, who was very, um, I guess, quite controlling um, of me when I was quite young. I love him. I'm a real daddy's girl, but it was definitely a codependent relationship. Um, And so I thought of all those things and I was like, I don't want to be a leader because if that's what leadership looks like, then stuff that. I am not interested in being a leader. And all of that was a fear of success because my whole thing was if I change and I become that, everyone's, I'm going to lose everything I have. Everyone I love is going to hate me. I'm going to lose Tim because he's going to think I'm different. I'm going to be outcast from my family because they like they've been broke their whole lives, and now we're and now I'm rich. Like, you know, what are they, is that going to change our relationship? Is that going to change what people think about us? Like, we've moved into this bloody mansion. You know, what are people going to say about me? What are my friends going to think? Like, and so I just kept playing small for a really long time because I was so scared of the change changes that would happen when I grew. So it was for me a huge fear of success came up. Oh, that's so good. Oh my gosh. That's so good. And you're right. So many of us are like, oh, it's because I'm afraid I'll fail. And when it's actually often the opposite. And literally the other day I had a call with one of my team members in another business that I do. And I was helping her like, you know, why aren't, why aren't you going to the, that next level? And she didn't have any direct response but as we started talking she said oh and when I achieved that big thing she did something really exceptional in the business she was like I was saying to myself like who do you think you are like who do you think you are and I was like do you see what you did there and she was like no I always say you'll never out succeed or out earn or out love your inner child um because if you're if you're coming in and criticizing her then she doesn't want to expand. She's like, why would I want to go to the next level? You beat the crap out of me at this level. Um, and I think that's such an important point that and you said that you worked with an NLP coach first to kind of uncover that because a lot of us are frustrated. So I'm really going to, you know, encourage you guys if you're hearing this and you're either not going to the next level, you're just feeling really stuck. Uh, to reach out to someone that can support you, whether it be a business coach or a life coach that can help you really look at the stuff that you're not able to see. Like we can't see what we can't see. You know, every good coach that I know has a coach or multiple coaches because we can't see everything. Um, So I think that's really an important one. And now that you're working with so many women and helping women really scale their businesses, what are some that you've seen that you find or any patterns in 
mindset blockages that you see in women that are really common? For sure. Like they're, they're the same. <laughs> and like we've, we've coached women from zero dollars, like just getting started in the business. I've also coached businesses that are multi-million dollar businesses and it's the same. <laughs> it's the same because if you don't do the work at the beginning, I can, you don't get to skip that level. Like, it's not that like you can, you can grow a multi-million dollar business without doing that work, but I promise you, it will find you like at any level, you know? So like we work with some business owners, you know, that have, yeah, multi-million dollar businesses that never did the work, but now because they hadn't done the work, so much of that self-sabotage is happening. So much of that stuff is happening at that level. And now they have to try and carve out the space and time to do the work, which is going to fundamentally change the way they run their businesses, which is going to have a huge systemic effect on their businesses, the way that they lead, the way that they run, the way that they manage. It's harder to undo the work that you've done um, in your business than to just start as like as fresh as you can going in, as aware as you can, like into your business. So like, I promise you that if you decide, and honestly, I really think it's the same. If you're listening and you're in corporate, it's the same. Like you might be able to like fake confidence your way to the top, but I promise you that it doesn't get easier once you get there. The stakes are higher. It gets harder. So like the sooner that you can do the work, the sooner that you can own your stuff, turn that like, you know, that stuff that you think is yucky into your biggest lesson, into your biggest driver, into your biggest um, light. Because it really is like your darkest stuff is your biggest opportunity. It's your biggest growth. It's actually the thing that's probably going to give you the most power. And so, you know, really looking in the mirror and doing that work at any stage. The, some of the mindset stuff, one imposter syndrome, which is part partly what you were just saying about like the little girl. And also just like, they don't believe that they know enough. They start in these businesses and they think like they're using society standards of success to hit like those metrics. They're trying to like measure up some certain, and the worst part is they don't even know what those metrics are. Like they're like, oh, cool. Yeah. I just need more followers. Cool. Well, at what point, at what amount of followers will you be successful? right? Um, They are trying to, you know, they're like, if I just get one more degree, if I just get one more qualification, if I just get one more this, or if I just get some paid PR, like get on bloody Yahoo Finance, blah, blah, then I'm going to, it doesn't make a difference, guys. (laughs) Like the imposter syndrome is the thing that you need to treat. It's not the metric that's going to change that. Um, And so really owning their power. And I think in Australia and Marsha, like you'll be able to really, I think, expand on this because we're not like you're not from here, which is amazing. Um, and I think you will have seen it with your travels. But in Australia, like we we do have tall, tall poppy. And one thing I do see is like one of the women in our program the other day got in the news um, and like it's like a pretty big deal. Like, like her business was in the news. She was in the news, like, you know, Channel 9, like, you know, like on everybody's TVs, you know what I mean? Like prime time, telly time, which is incredible. And three days later, she jumped on one of our calls and she said, I'm just so disappointed because none of my friends reached out to me. And like in Australia, like we all did, like obviously she put it in our, in our program and everyone was like, yes, yes, oh my God. And like, and so, you know, like we were so proud of her, but 
like her friends who aren't in business, who don't get it, who don't understand what it takes to do that, who don't understand how much of a big deal that is, they didn't get it. And they were, they felt probably from the outside, like potentially she was outshining them or showing them what they maybe aren't living up to their potential or potential, like something like that is going on, right? It says more about them than it does about her. But like that almost stopped her from wanting to do something like that again. Instead, we were like, cool, know your people like that are going to celebrate you for that. Love your friends for who they are and what they do, like what they can do for you versus what they can't. And also like don't take away the shine just because like you had this incredible opportunity and immediately go and focus on the thing that you didn't get. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Literally everything you said, first of all, I can resonate with everything you said about like, Oh, if I just have more followers, if I just have one more degree, I was that person. I was like, I just like this last qualification. And it's like, none of that made me any more qualified. It actually didn't change the way that I, that I feel because here's the thing. There will always be another qualification. And there will always be people that have more followers than you. So you have to get grounded in where you are right now. And when you shared that story of your client, the first thing that came to me is like, this is the importance of community. Like imagine how she would have felt without your community there mm-hmm. supporting her and like really giving her the love and the admiration that she needed. She would have felt like absolute shit. She still kind of felt like shit because it's like these people that were important to her weren't giving her any kind of, you know, love. But yeah, I d- definitely see that in in Australia where um and I don't I don't actually think it's just women I was about to say women but I actually think it's both because I see it you know with Dan's friends too is that everybody just wants to be with everyone because they want to be accepted and you know there's lots of roots and causes to that even like biologically why we are like that and why we need to have tribe around us because if we don't have our tribe we die right so it's like ingrained in us but yeah, I see, I, I know, and I'm even seeing it with my clients and with my team where they're seeing a level of success. And if their friends aren't giving the celebration, they're pulling away. And I'm like, babe, you're like sabotaging your own success. That's how much we need connection. And so that's why it's so important to get into a community that gets you, that supports you, that can link arms with you. Because here's the thing. If you want to have a six, seven figure business, you can't do it alone. What I mean by that is you need to link arms with people that are even just going to cheer for you. Definitely recommend working with a coach. It will, it won't make it easy, but it will make it easier. And they've already done it. So they can show you like, no, avoid that and like really help you avoid some potholes in the road. So I definitely recommend that. But I think just with the whole dimming your light thing, don't fucking do that. Mm. Don't do that. Do not dim your light for anybody else. I heard a a friend of mine, a really good friend, um, Tracy Spencer, she, when I first, like, I was in this phase for a while and she was kind of, you know, like, a big deal. Like she still is a big deal. Um, but at the time I was watching her on stage and I was like, Oh my God, I want to be her friend. And now we're friends. So, you know, manifest that shit guys. But, uh, what I would say is like, um, she said something that really has stuck with me for years, which was you're not outshining them. You're shining for them. And I really loved that because 
they don't know what's possible for them until they see someone else doing it. The amount of people who have stepped forward in the past couple of years, like people from primary school that I knew, people that I worked with in my retail jobs, people that I worked with in my, you know, rec- I was in recruitment for a few years, people like multiple people from the recruitment job, people that I've worked with at Audi, they have watched my journey. And because of that, they've ended up working with me because they were like, if she, man, I knew her, <laughs> like if she could do that, like I can 100% do that. Right. Like, like I was not this woman <laughs> five years, six years, 10 years ago. Like, you know, I was not of sound mind and heart <laughs> at that time in my life. Like I was very, very wild. And so you know, like for them to be like, wow, like she really leveled up and that is possible for me too. Yes. You're going to have the people. Yes. I've left friends behind. Yeah, I have. I've a hundred percent. It's, it's something that no one tells you either about life, actually, not even about business, but about life. I did some research on this for a module that I was writing. And did you know that, um, only, uh, 4% of the people you meet will be in your life the whole way? the whole way, right? Everyone else is a reason, a season, a lesson or whatever the saying is, right? Um, And you have people who are there to give you what you need in those moments. And then, you know, I think that like movies have told us that we're going to have these friends from childhood to death. um, And we hold on to these people without realizing that actually it sometimes we need to let go to create space for new and be, like new and different and what we need most of you know and like I was a bridesmaid for one of my best friends weddings we no longer speak we haven't spoken for years because that relationship was really toxic for me she like I loved her but like she didn't grow with me and it was toxic like it was nasty and it was toxic and it was drama fueled and every time I gave her space I felt worse, first of all, but second of all, it meant that I wasn't opening up space for the next, for somebody new, for somebody like, and now like I've got this beautiful friend who I've only known for like a year and a half, who's going to be a bridesmaid at my wedding because I created space for her. You know, I could have had this other friend as a bridesmaid at my wedding. That would totally have happened, but it would have been so yuck and so toxic and so not my special day. But instead I get to open up space for new and different and fulfilling and whole um, soulmate level shit, you know? And like, you just have to understand that like, you're never losing somebody. You're always creating space for something new. Oh my God. I'm like actually emotional over that. First of all, I'm so freaking proud of you because I, I agree so much that, you know, if you had been so committed to holding on to all your friendships, you wouldn't be where you are right now, you know? And that's the thing that I've seen so much, even with my family, I'm like, that relationship is so toxic. Let them go. But I went to school with them and she was there for me through this hard time. And I understand that. You don't have to hate the person, but you can love people at a distance. And I'm huge on energetic space. And I agree with you. You had to let go of that because it wasn't serving you. That's not selfish. It's selfful. And to create space for a new friendship to come in that is now going to be a special gift on your on your wedding day. Like what a what a blessing. That's so amazing. And I really want to use your story as an encouragement again to our listeners that, you know, do you think it felt good for Steph to be like, hey, like in whatever capacity you allowed that friendship, that would have hurt. 
it would have been hurtful for both parties. So you don't just get to achieve greatness by not actually going through a little bit of pain first. But would you say that it was so fucking worth it to have that hard conversation or whatever to create space for this new energy in your life? Totally. And like, it wasn't just hard for me and her. Like, yeah, it was like, we we had like, we we had a conversation about ending the friendship because like that, that was, you know, that doesn't always happen. Like sometimes it just kind of like lovingly like flows away. Right. Um, but like, this was the kind of friendship, like we were, <laughs> we were both just like really upfront people. And so this was a conversation and it didn't just affect us our whole friendship group was impacted. So it was even harder to walk away from that. It was even harder to like, and I think it's that, um, that some cost bias, which is like the more you put into something, the like, the, like you're now emotionally attached to that thing. And so it's harder to pull out of. And that's the same, that goes for business, that goes for like anything, right? Like the more that the the sum of the cost that you put in is makes it so much like you now see it as a different value than what it actually is. Right. Like, and, and if you use that in business, it's like, just because you poured so much time, energy and effort to it doesn't necessarily mean that the valuation of that business is going to go up. Like, it, you know, it doesn't matter how much energy, time, effort you put in, like what matters is the value is the value of it. And that like, that doesn't change based on like how much emotion you put into it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things like, yeah, it was so tough. And yeah, it took our friends a little while to adjust. Um, but I just always chose the high road. Um, and it's it's probably at this moment in my life where I'd made a new decision. Um, I'd been pretty, I'd been a bit of a bitch my whole life up until that point, honestly. Like I'd, I'd been pretty cutthroat in my lifetime um, up until that point. And at that point was a new decision that was made. And it's a decision that I carry with me today, which is just lead with love. It's one of my highest values. And so any time that any she was spoken about, I didn't try and be like, oh, like, ugh. you know, it wasn't, I just took the high road and I was like, oh, I just wish her all the best. You know, I did a healing meditation and it was like, send light and love to somebody that you still care about. Like, I, I still care about her. I still love her. I still hope she's happy. She's had kids since then. Like, I hope that they're doing well. I hope you're really stoked in your life. Like, I love, so much love for you, but I just can't have you here, right? I just can't have you in this space. And, you know, I think for me, it's like, I never have said a bad word about that person since. She and I are just on different journeys in this lifetime. And they might reconnect at some point, but at this point, it hasn't happened. So yeah, just leave it love. That that's such an amazing example. And that's funny that you say that because that's one of my key values as well. Um, and I, I always say, um, love people into alignment. And Dan and I, like we we've argued so much about it. He's like, no, sometimes you can't fucking lo- love people into alignment. Sometimes you just have to, I'm like, no, it's always the, the answer is always love. And love can be done at a distance, like we were discussing. Um, so I feel like you've given tips along the way in this conversation, but is there anything that you would add in terms of any tips that you would give to someone that is experiencing those mindset blocks right now in their business or in their career, and they're feeling like stuck in where they're at right now? Yeah, for sure. The reason that you are stuck is because, um, first of all, you have to address the reason you're stuck. So are you stuck because you actually don't know what step to take next, right? Which is just a lack of, and if we remove all emotion for a second, um, which I love to do, I love logic chats. 
because the emotion will come back and we'll deal with that when it does. But if you removed all emotion, what's actually keeping you stuck? Um, and is it, a, is it a lack of clarity of, of knowledge of, I don't know where to go next? Because in that case, we just need to go find more knowledge, more clarity. We need to go and, and you know, do more research, right? Which is a, a really simple strategy to, to solve the knowledge problem. If it's a, um, a fear-based, you know, I, I can't do it because of whatever I'm think about me and, and I can't do it because, you know, I'm not insert whatever thing that you think about yourself, which I had, guys, I had that too. I was like, I can't do this. Why? Who am I to do this? Like, why would anyone listen to me? Like, who am I to give life advice? Like, I'm just as messed up as the next person. Like, all of those things came up for me. If that is what you're struggling with, um, I actually don't even recommend a business coach. I, I, I really recommend a life coach. Um, I have a life coach. I've had one for five years. I have never not had a life coach in my corner. I, I've actually gone and got and done my own NLP qualifications so I could be a life coach because I was like, I'm so fascinated about this and I'm so, I so want to be able to help people in this way. But and and to fully better understand myself, uh, which you you do and throughout that that training process. But um, if you can't afford a life coach, I get it. Like honestly, they're pretty cheap. Like you can get them for you know up to like four hundred dollars for six sessions. Like there are some online that is really good. Basically, what you need is uh, it's exactly what we said before, Marsha. It's like you can not see the label. You cannot read the label if you're inside the bottle. So, like, I didn't know it was a fear of success, but my language told a different story. But I wasn't catching my words. I wasn't having them reflected back to me in a way that made me go, oh. because everything you believe to be true about yourself, you are saying it into existence. You are speaking it into existence. And until somebody can hold that mirror up to you and you and actually reflect back the words that you're saying, like it's the easiest, it's the way that I coach now. Like the other day someone goes to me uh, in our coaching group, she goes, you know, I sent out all these emails and uh, no one's replied back. They're all ignoring me. And for other people that just might be like, yeah, that happens. Right. But for me, I was like, oh, there was a language track there that told me more about your mindset than it did about your business. Because the fact that she was personalizing that, the fact that she said they are ignoring me when she was reaching out to them as a business indicates to me that there's a there's an issue there that there's something there that has not been and i reflected that back to her i was like are they ignoring you are they why how are they ignoring you do you think could it not be that they just haven't opened the email could it not be that they just got busy and didn't reply could it not be that they opened the email while they're on the toilet and then their 2 year old came in and they got distracted could it not be that like so many things other than ignoring you but the fact that your mind went there tells me more about you and where you're at than anything else you said about your sales process, about what you wrote in your email, about like all of that's moot because if we don't deal with that, that, whatever that is, and we have to dig deeper to find out what that is, but whatever that is around worthiness, around being seen, around, you know, needing validation, around whatever that is, that's what we have to deal with first. And so a life coach will pick up those cues and reflect them back at you, dig a little bit deeper and help you really uncover what is actually going on and what is actually holding you back. And that's, I just can't recommend having a life coach enough. Yeah, I agree so much. And it's a great pickup, by the way, because you're right. A lot of coaches would have not seen that. They're ignoring me. Um, and if you think if the story is they're ignoring me, there's something about your worthiness. Like that's what I'm picking up in there. Like yeah, you're, totally. you're expecting, you're expecting it. 
Otherwise, yeah. why would that be the conclusion, right? So that's that's amazing. And she was attaching her success to her personal worth as well. Like if they don't reply, therefore I am a failure, therefore I am not worthy of growing this business. Like the story that connects all of that together. Whereas if you just like, one of the biggest things we teach is like you and your business are separate. Because if you were sending that email, if you worked in corporate and you were sending that email, you wouldn't personalize it. You wouldn't care if they replied. (laughs) like you'd be like oh they didn't reply I guess I'll email again every single day (laughs) um but in your own business you're like I can't do that oh my god but what they think of me oh my god they're gonna hate me oh my god like we personalize it we make our business us and it's actually not one get a life coach two increase your knowledge Mm -hmm. like you need to learn to think for yourself and I know that that's like I know that right now I, I encourage you to question what's coming up for you when I say that because what might be coming up for you is I think for myself I'm independent I always use my own brain. I don't let anybody tell me what to do. Just lovingly push that to the side and be the student for a moment. And when was the last time you actually upskilled or re-educated since university or since school? When was the last time you actually picked up a book from the self-development section without feeling like you're a failure because you had to read self-development books instead of just seeing it like, I can't wait to grow as a human? When was the last time you actually like did a mini course or a course to learn a new skill, right? Um, I think being an entrepreneur is not about the business that you run. I think that you're an entrepreneur for life if you're an entrepreneur. Like my whole business could come crashing down tomorrow because I post something political on social media. You know, I've seen that happen to people before. Have no doubt, sis, I will rebuild. Like, and so it's about knowing that, like, it doesn't matter what happens to you. If you're an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur for life. The same thing goes if you want to be taken seriously in your corporate job, if you're wanting to grow to the next level, and like, you need to wow them with your skills. You need to wow them with your commitment. You need to wow them with your depth and breadth of knowledge. And if you're not regularly upskilling and reinvesting in yourself, like, you are the best thing that you can invest in and I'm not saying you have to get a coach I'm not saying anything else. like the 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 third piece of topic I would give here is learn sales skills learn sales skills like it is confronting but I promise you if you have a skill to sell you will have a skill for life and you will never ever ever be out of a job and you will never ever be out of money and is the safest skill that you can learn Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. If you love this episode, please share it with someone. And if you're a longtime listener, it would mean the absolute world to me if you would rate and review this show on iTunes. I love you so much and I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. And remember, it's not only possible to have it all, it is your birthright.